Welcome to Online Mole Patrol. I'm Hacklock, a visual artist, and my co-host is Brian Butts, attorney at large, who is not here right now because this is Hacklock recording in post. Post-Hacklock, as I called myself at the end of last episode. Uh, we had to split this into two. If you haven't listened to the first half, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Go back and listen to Meow Meow Purr, episode one, first, then come back here. No cheating, you fools. Okay, now they've gone. A quick refresh of where we were up to. The current PR person has made Diane do a Q&A with the local community and she has had to step back from the social media. He has just posted the text of that interview up on Dropbox and the opening date has been set. It was pushed back a little to do this Q&A, but it is coming. It is coming and it is days away. So here we go. I'm dropping you straight back in where we left off. Okay, so this bloody Q&A. Um, she says a whole bunch of stuff in it. I'm not going to read it all. But she says, the ventilation is already installed, but more needs to be added for the isolation room, <laughs> which is the, like... Cat prison. <laughs> the cat, like... Oh, it's like... It's like the exercise yard in cat prison. Kind of. But it's like uh, the um, sick bay, basically. Oh, or if they need to be muted or whatever. So you need to keep them separated. There's an isolation room. Okay. Um, she says carpeting is coming for the flooring downstairs. Um, she talks about a consultant with 10 years of rescue experience that will be helping with a lot of things. Um, there are specific apologies about various social media posts, in particular stuff with um, Kay and Dr. D, Kay being Kat, uh, refuses to take back the statements about BFF. She said she was joking about getting cats from China. And that she never suggested anyone go get cats from the WSPCA. Um, that they have a rescue lined up, but she won't name them until the contract is signed. The timeline for opening is two weeks. Uh, someone asks about the cat door being taped closed, and she says she will ensure that won't happen again, and she blames BFF for that happening in the first place. Says they taped it closed when they came in. Okay. Um, she denies ever having told BFF to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I told them to get lost. <laughs> uh, she is asked multiple times about the entry system, the doorway system, and she kind of restates that it's a two-door system that's meant to be an airlock. And she just doesn't seem to understand that the pro- it doesn't actually work if people inside can open a door and then go through the next door. Like it's the exit that's the issue, not so much the yeah. entryway. And she just keeps saying that it's a two-door system. Um, someone asked about uh, polka dot and what she's going to say about the fact that she just lied about this cat, and she says that is untrue. And polka dot is residing with her in her house. Mm, okay, so post a picture of you with polka dot with a shoe on polka dot's head, uh, with the newspaper with the current date visible yeah. in the photo. Yeah. Um, and she also is asked what has been done to prevent those angry lash out posts in the future, and she says. I have resigned from having anything to do with social media. Edward is taking over the role of social media and he's doing a very good job. It's tough for me not to respond to per social media as it's near and dear to my heart, but I feel it's best if I don't respond. Edward and I made an agreement that if I post such content, he will resign. (laughs) Okay, cool. So Edward has stepped in. Edward the saviour, he's done this interview. (laughs) It's really well received. Nice. Um... Diane is off the tools. So that was November 5. Okay, next, November 7. So two days later, post. Uh, I joined this cafe with the utmost concern for the safety and welfare of the cats. 
due to creative differences, I have decided to part ways with the cafe. I wish Diane well with her endeavors. Uh, Edward. <laughs> Edward. So Edward lasted less than a week, oh, or man. about a week. Uh, the Facebook page goes down, it comes back up. Diane is back on the tools. Uh, um, this is a particularly good post. All sorts of the supposed cat lovers on the Purr's Facebook page with nothing else to do but trash a business trying to find abandoned cats a forever home. Really? You care so much about cats? Do you? Do you really? Take a long, hard look at yourself and think about it if you really care about cats. If you care about cats, then you would be supportive of a business trying to open to save abandoned cats. I don't care. I Look, I I care about cats. But... Here, me as like hypothetical viewer of this mm-hmm. mess. I don't care about cats. I'm just I got the popcorn out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, apparently, if you care about cats, you should be supporting this business. Oh. Uh, Percat Cafe is going to open, and we are going to find abandoned cats' homes. None of you will ever be our customers. You are oh. cruel and mean. Oh. We don't want cruel and mean customers. We want individuals that care about the welfare and health. Of cats as our customers. And yes, meow, meow, purr. Oh, man. It's, I mean, all of this is kicked off by people who were concerned about the welfare of the cats and were asking her to show how she was taking care of the cats. Oh, God. If you really care about cats, you will let me torture cats (laughs) in order to save cats. Don't you get it? (laughs) Oh, my mistake. My mistake. Yes. Uh, okay. So then we get a post from a different cat. This time it's from the business logo, which she's calling Mrs. Whiskers, and one from Gussie. Can can we please talk about the fact that the business logo doesn't look like a cat? It's not. It it's not. It's very it's not like stylized. a picture of a cat. It's not like it has Nico got... Atsumi or anything. It's just like stop. It's like an at sign with ears. Pretty much. It's super stylized. Yeah. And so that that thing has an identity. As a cat. It's Mrs. Whiskers. Mrs. Wh- Can you imagine if, you know, when they cut to the image of, like, the genetically engineered thing or, you know, and it's like, kill me. <laughs> yes. should not be alive. I mean, her spine is bent around no, yeah, even exactly. more than a cat oh, would bend. Fuck, and they man. are the bendiest animals on earth. She doesn't have any kind of, like, she doesn't have any sense organs. <laughs> She's got the no. shape of ears, but I don't. I doubt they're functioning ears. <laughs> it's kind of like a strangely shaped earthworm. She's purple or something. She's just kind of. Uh, she's often got pink behind her. Some monstrosity. Mm. So the monstrosity and Gussie both announce that Purr will be opening this Saturday, the eighteenth of November. Yep. Okay, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Wednesday, the fifteenth. Boston Twenty Five News run a report. They report that the owner doesn't have the right license. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. City officials and the Department of Agriculture say they cannot open until the owner starts following the law. <laughs> There's also now an animal cruelty investigation underway after dozens of complaints to the Boston Inspectional Services Department about the basement. This is exactly what I was saying. They don't understand. If they want her to be able to save cats, they need to let her torture cats. I mean, it's very logical. Tough love. Cruel to be kind. It's not unprecedented. First of all, the cats aren't being treated well by being homeless. I will take them in and I will continue to not treat them well. But then someone might take them and treat them well. 
Is this like it's a long time since I watched Annie, but is this the plot of Annie? Um, yeah, but I guess every single cat has to find its own daddy warbucks. Like I said, a long time since I watched Annie. All I re- see Annie is why I drink gin. Oh, oh, you know you're Miss Hannigan. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I oh love my Ms. god, Hannigan. I'm Diane. <laughs> oh let, no! Let me torture the cats and drink gin. Okay, they say that there's a cruelty investigation underway. They also note in the news report, in the news report, the news report that inspectors have made three or four attempts to inspect, but have never been able to get in. (laughs) They say she will not be allowed to open on Saturday. And the city has sent her a cease and desist after she wrote on Facebook about wanting to import cats from Russia and Italy. (laughs) So the importing cats thing. That's actually back in time. If we roll all the way back to mid-June, there were three posts at least that were screenshotted at the time that we know of. Um, One of which, let's have a look. Meow Boston. We are the Snow White group of kittens. We are imported from Russia, from crazy. So here is the deal, Boston. Per and our rescue group actually have an overflowing situation in terms of kittens. Crazy human imported too many kittens for Per's grand opening. Crazy has nowhere to store them until Per opens. I'm wondering if crazy is meant to be the name of the rescue. Mm. God help us, kittens, Boston. Would any of you like to store a few of us until crazy opens? And then there's a picture of some kittens. Could It's probably a stock photo of a bunch of white kittens. Um, there was another one. Meow Boston. We are Sammy, Scorpion, Cupcake, Moscato, Venice, and Antonio. No. This is a very fine collection of kittens imported from Italy for crazy. Yes, the crazy human is actually importing kittens from Italy for your enjoyment, Boston. Please bear with us, Boston, for one more post. Us adorable kittens promise that she that she will actually make a point soon. Meow, meow, purr. Love those stereotyped Italian names. Uh, Moscato, uh, Venice, and Antonio. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> this is cringe content. Like, yeah. it's Im- there's a secondhand embarrassment to this. Yeah. But also, this completely goes against the whole point of the cafe, which was to find homes for cats in the local area that were just homeless and in the local area. Right? It's to get the cats off the Boston streets. But she can't get a rescue, so she's like, I'll just import them, which is bringing more cats into the area. Not finding homes for the ones that don't have them currently. <sighs> so at some point, oh, some AMA that she actually managed to make work, All right. someone said on the website, the FAQ section says cats will be coming from Boston. So this is in August from Boston's Forgotten Felines, and a few people have been trolling the comment section of your post saying you're importing cats from other states and has some people and potential supporters really up in a tizzy. Can you put this to rest and confirm openly where the cats are coming from? So she does say that she was supposed to be with BFF, that that's not happening. Um, yes, I am happy to address the importing cats issue. I was asked by BFF to try to get some fosters as it was kitten season, and they shared that they needed people to help foster. I posted that I was importing kittens from other countries and I needed help to foster the imported kittens. I posted in jest as such. However, the positive income from this mistake was that BFF received 15 individuals that said that they would foster. So she rec- so at that point she says that those posts were a joke. 
But obviously that people reported that to the yeah. council and that's what's led the um, to the cease and desist letter being sent to Perth. I wonder if that's part of why BFF were unhappy with her. Yeah, maybe. Oh, no, I think they'd already pulled out by that point. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was in June. All right. So, Diane threatens to sue the news station. <laughs> and then on the 17th, the news site does post an update saying, update, Per's Cat Cafe, Botten's, oh, Per Cat Cafe. I've said these words so many times now. I've lost all meaning. Per Cat yum, Cafe, yum, per. Boston's first such feline establishment, planned to finally open its doors this weekend after a few controversies delayed the business's beginnings. Diane Kelly, the owner of Purr, confirmed that she has now met with the city's inspectional services department on Thursday after the department said it needed to conduct an investigation stemming from allegations of animal cruelty reported through the city's blah, blah, blah system. Um, yes, there was an investigation about animal cru- cruelty, which is ridiculous, Kelly said in an email. I met with the inspectional services department and they are fine with my opening after looking at the facilities. So she got the go ahead. She still can't do cat adoptions. That still needs to be done through a rescue. Um, and she says, I am in discussions with a new rescue that is very interested. So Saturday, November 18th, 2017, Per finally opens. Officially. We started this tale in December 2016. Just time on that. Okay. December when? 2016. And, and it, how, when did she open? November 18th, 2017. So it's oh, nearly been a complete man. year. Oh, I don't even have anything to say about this. It's oh, it's crushing. And so much has happened in this year with the allegations of cruelty, with the slut shaming of her employee, oh, with the the author who when was I an he- anti semite. When I hear this kind of stuff, I can only imagine that the only thing more exhausting than having to bear witness mm. to this kind of stuff is being that person. Yeah, I'm sure she is exhausted. I'm sure she is really – she's working hard, but she's also <laughs> digging underneath her own feet uh, as she's doing it. Uh, so it opens, and the person who wrote up their experience of the open house – did the same with the opening. They went to the official opening. Yeah. Okay. Um, the door to the basement is still blocked off and has extra tape on it. <laughs> the two-door system wasn't being properly managed. Exactly the same problem. She took some video of people going in and out where both doors were open at the same time. Cats could have run out on the street very easily. It doesn't work. Um, the cats have to be stored upstairs because the basement isn't heated or ventilated, despite her saying so in the Q&A. So they have to stay upstairs overnight. Uh, there are three kittens and one munchkin cat. They're all Diane's personal <gasps> There's cats. There's a munchkin cat. Yes, she she has this her own the, munchkin. This is the best part of the story. <laughs> um, there was, I think early on, Cat was like, you shouldn't have gotten a munchkin because she would have had to have got that from a breeder. From a breeder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was a stray munchkin cat. <laughs> this designer cat was wandering down oh the street very slowly on its tiny legs. <laughs> It was actually going, the legs were going really fast, but the cat was traveling quite slowly. Yes. I was uh, making this noise. <laughs> so adorable. And this little tinkly, sparkly noise as well. 
so there's no rescue attached, so it's still Diane's personal cats. <laughs> it's just like, come around to my cafe yeah. where I don't make any food. I just like order it in. And uh, my cats. <laughs> you can play with my cats come and, and play bring with your cats. own food. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's just like being a shit host. Like, come around to my house. Oh, um, yeah, this is like every time I have a party. Yeah. When I write, um, I will supply one box of chicken crimpy shapes to flag. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not feeding you. <laughs> I'm not feeding anyone. It's going to be one box of chicken shapes. And you can pet my cat. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, that's enough so, to get people to your house. So Per Cat Cafe is basically coming to my house. <laughs> yes. So by the 29th, she's posted about now having seven cats. Says she's partnering with a rescue soon and has learned from her mistakes. Then Have something- you, Diane? Oh, well, that remains to be seen. Then something really sad happens. This is <sighs> legitimately very sad. Just before Christmas, a local also called Jay desperately needs to rehome her cat for very legitimate reasons, and she reads an article about Per opening and them wanting more cats. So she contacts Diane, and Diane agrees to take the cat uh, requiring that it get some shots beforehand because it needed some. Uh, that's done and the cat is dropped off. And then seven days later, Diane calls Jay saying that it's vomiting and accusing her of giving her a sick cat, asking her to take it back. The, the previous owner is interstate and says she will be there in three days. So three days pass. She collects the cat and the cat being very unwell she sort of brings it home sort of sees how it go tries to feed it its head is drooping it can't really eat or drink so then they take it to the vet and the vet finds a growth on its liver and says that it's even with treatment even with aggressive treatment it's unlikely to survive the night and so the cat is put down Mm. which is awful of course and the owner then files a complaint with animal care and control against her which is forwarded to the MSPCA Law Enforcement Department. And the owner strongly believes that the cat was well before she left it at Purr and that the cold basement affected its health. So in early February, Diane is found not at fault. The investigation reiterates liver growth as a pre-existing condition and it also cites the owner not taking the cat immediately to the vet after she collected it from Purr. All fair enough, okay? I can see that they could say that something could have been introduced to the cat in between Purr and the vet or whatever, like, all right, fine. Um, but the big problem is here that Diane had a sick cat and she knew that she would continue to have that sick cat for three days and she didn't take it to a vet. She's ba- she's putting out a shingle as somebody who's taking care of cats. Yeah. Like she's, she's, that's she, specifically what she's there. She's so concerned with cat care. She is making that her job. But she had a sick cat. She knew it was sick. She called the owner saying it was sick. And then she just sat there with a sick cat for three days and then handed it to the owner. Theory. Mm. Diane has no money. She's spending all of her money on sticky tape to tape close the door <laughs> to downstairs. She's not working. Possibly. She hasn't worked for like a year. But if the owner is coming to collect the cat, surely you could be say, I'm taking the cat to a vet now. These costs will be on you because I, I'm not taking responsibility for a sick cat and leave that to the between the vet and the owner, but still get the cat medical attention. The problem here is that you're using something approaching common sense or reasonability <laughs> by ordinary standards. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because just... this whole thing is, like, riddled with cognitive dissonance, right? You yeah. Know, she's constructing a narrative where, you gave me a sick cat, so I'm not responsible for anything else that happens. And it's Sorry. there's no room in that narrative for any consideration of 
the interests of the cat. Very much so. It's all about it's all about Diane and how Diane is oh, presenting. It's like um, it's good guy bad guy kind of stuff. It's like it's black and white thinking. Yeah, there's no room for the nuanced thing in the middle. No Fifty Shades of Grey. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so another really sad thing happens. So that was in that was in February. She was cleared. Per is running. Per is continuing to run with her own personal cats. March 13, a volunteer finds Diane on the floor of the cafe, surrounded by empty cat medication bottles and empty wine bottles. The volunteer calls the police, and the police report says that the officer, when asked, when she asked Diane, or when they asked Diane, when she last stopped drinking, she said, I never stopped. She shouted at everyone, and she cried, and then when asked if she wanted to hurt herself, she nodded, and the police realized that there had been an attempt on her life. Um, and she was not just drunkenly passed out, uh, so she was taken to a hospital. Okay. So after a year of this, obviously things came to a head in a very nasty way. Um, she is released from hospital. She keeps running per, apparently. We don't really know what goes on much here, except there are a bunch of Yelp reviews mentioning that the cats seem tired and irritated. Um <laughs> They're cats. Yes. They're always tired and irritated. Um, so in a couple in a photo of someone visiting, you can see in the background that the door to the basement is still blocked off. Basement apparently, you know, not fit for cats yet. So by April, we've gone four months of five months of being open now. Per has now partnered with a rescue called FVR. So after some digging, it is found that the Department of Agriculture had sent a cease and desist to the rescue partner on March 28, as neither PER or FER um, are approved for or registered as shelters to operate in Massachusetts. <sighs> so FER is actually stationed in another state, and they've been sending the cats across state lines to PER, then they've been staying at PER, and then they've been adopting them out. And... Like, the FVR is registered in a different state, so it's not meant to be operating in Boston. Uh. Per is not meant to be also, so neither of these people should be adopting out cats. Um, so for FVR had sent at least 11 cats over the border for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> Cat trafficking. <laughs> yes. So, oh, God, this is, yeah. So her troubles finding a rescue once again hit a wall. And at some point... She's so dodgy. Only the dodgiest rescues will have anything to do with her. Yeah. She's destroyed her reputation. Oh, man. No one wants to work with her. So she then swaps from FVR at some point, presumably right after the season desist, I assume, to one that is based in Boston and it's called BSAC, BSAC. They're good. They're a legitimate rescue. They work with Per for quite quite a while. And then, so that was like sometime between April and September. We've got many months of operating now. Um, somebody contacts BSAC to ask about the cat's welfare because they're concerned. Yep. And in September, it is confirmed that the relationship between BSAC and Per has dissolved and all the cats are being removed from Per, had been removed in August. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's unclear how Per is paying rent. There is no rescue attached to Per again. Reviews slowly become less and less common. I assume all the cats there are Diane's cats. We hit October and Per is officially closed. 
There has been an ad on Craigslist for it being for sale. It's gone up and gone down. There was a fundraiser to try and reopen. That didn't happen. So October 9, Purr is officially closed now. But Diane Kelly, the founder of Purr Cat Cafe, is going to take the time to wag the dog's tail about the media in this country. Here is a story on Boston's very first cat cafe on our very own Fox 25 News about a business that I worked for two years to open with the city of Boston. I worked with Boston's very own commissioner and his staff to open Purr Cat Cafe for two years. But here is what the media in our country does. This is what our city officials do. This is a fine representation of the media in our country and the officials that we pay taxes for. This is just the start of my story. Meow. <laughs> meow. No. Per question mark? Oh god. So we've got a hint there, maybe at a maybe at a book coming in the future. After that, a news article mentions that the landlord had sued Diane for back rent, and after winning the case, Per is evicted. No. Kelly responded to a request for comment by saying, Keep on wagging the dog's tail. She went on to say, If you can't save yourself from reading this story, rescue a cat in the meantime, or perhaps even a dog. I know this is better than <laughs> I know this is better than Game of Thrones, so make of that what you will. The end. Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to be like that armchair psychologist person, but it's like I think there's a combo of alcoholism involved in this as well. It's like Love some of- kind of like delusions of persecution mm. coming. Like she obviously blames like that for- news article for having a big impact on the cafe. But there was already so many problems before that news article. Come on, Diane. The whole thing was, like, half-baked. Why would you start promoing it when... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Well, that was Purr. That's what the next, tale What of next Purr. for Diane? I don't know. Um, from my digging when I was researching this, she hasn't really been active online. There's been a couple of Instagram posts that have been just very personal, regular Instagram posts. There's been no more mention of a book being written, but who oh, knows? Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully she's found a job doing something completely different. Yeah. Like hopefully hopefully she's moved on. Claims assessing for an insurer, mm. you know, just something. But that all sort of unfolded online. People were following its story. People were actively trolling it and not People were also actively tr- concerned about these cats and what was going to happen with the cafe and how it was going to work. <laughs> and it was just this rolling disaster that oh, man. unfolded over the course of, a, I guess, two years. Two years. I imagine that being like a chapter of your life. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I've made some bad choices. I think I was only married about two years. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, would you, disasters, if you had to, if you got to choose, yeah, do you go back and be married again, or do you be Diane doing Per Cat Cafe? I think I would be married Hacklock, which is an awful choice, but okay, because I can always get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I think I'd be in a lot less debt with a marriage than I would be <laughs> with. Her. Yeah, and um, I mean, if you imagine that you're Diane doing. Cat Cafe. Yeah. Cat Cafe. Do you then, like, for the rest of your life, have to be this person who seemingly yeah. has little insight? Yes. Little kind of impulse control, maybe. Yeah. I don't want that for me. No. I mean, you know, nothing more than. 
Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Sometimes not knowing what other people think about you is blissful. Yeah, like, there surely must be a sweet spot or something. Like, surely it's agony to have no idea what other people are perceiving you as. And surely it must be agony to know too much about how other people could just cut that out. Trying not to burp into the microphone. (laughs) I'm a lady. I don't burp into microphones. <laughs> I burp away from the microphone. I burp into my shirt. It's like that chocolate rain. Moving away from the micro <laughs> from the microphone to burp. <laughs> shall we move on to the next segment of our segmented show? Let's shall. Uh it's time for it's time for us to fight. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> About something completely uncontroversial. All right. And I've now realized I'm always going to lose these because you are a professional arguer uh, and I am conflict avoidant. Let's find out. Let's find We'll find out. So we're going to do a bracket fight. All right. Uh, we're going to take a topic. We pick a selection from that topic and then we work our way through the brackets like two by two by two face off against each other until we have an ultimate winner like a tournament, like a sports tournament. Except- this is like this is a method that I use with my housemate to decide which ice cream we're getting in the grocery right. each week. You line them all up, you go two by two, break it down. Yeah, all the way down. Until there's one left. Yeah. So what you got to choose what the topic was this week. Um, I believe the winner is a legally binding result. Is that oh, Yeah, legally binding, absolutely. Okay, what are we going to fight about? Oh, all right. So I've got a topic. Um, I'm not prepared at all. It's just the kind of person that I am and I'm – not going to apologize for it. Okay. Um, even though I want to, I refuse to apologize. Okay. Um, so as we go bracket by bracket, would you type it up so that we can review the brackets? Yes. I think we should bracket battle. It's come up. It's topical this week. Yeah. On Facebook, where you're not, um, Canton. I think we should figure out the oh. best Canton flavor. Like those simmer sauces. Yes. Mama's making canton. Mama's making canton. Doesn't take long for the word to spread around. Hey. Mama's making canton. <laughs> na, na, make, na. Um, and if I were to tell you about the context here, it's um, it's because a meme that's like Maslow's hierarchy um, and at the top of the hierarchy is like platform golf boots. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have seen it. And one of the layers is stir fry. And you are not a stir-fry fan. Well, I said um, controversial opinion. Stir-fry fucking sucks. And then I thought about it more. I said, well, white people stir-fry. Mm. Um, and I ended up saying, you know, if we're talking chicken and basil from the takeaway, yes. If mum is making canton, then hard no, mate. <laughs> so why are we debating when you already hate it? <laughs> press the bruise, All you right. know. Um, okay, and, so- and some other people came in and said, you know, low-key love. Canton. All right. More than one person. So I feel, you know, let's explore. Let's explore the landscape. Okay. <laughs> so actually, what legally binding result, maybe when we get to the end of this, yeah, we have to go and get that <gasps> flavour of Canton. Oh, God. <laughs> I can make us stir fry. I'll say that the thing that I find the most objectionable about Canton, TBH, is the little skerrix. A vegetable that are in there, like the little bits of celery or carrot. It's always such a tiny amount. And it's like, why? Just don't. (laughs) 
Just it's like, so you can see the vegetables. Oh, it's uh, healthy. Uh. All right. So, give us some flavors. Okay. Sweet and sour. Oh, of course. Yeah. Honey, soy, garlic. All right. We're going to decide these two now. Why not? Um, my mother is a big fan of simmer sauces <laughs> and things like oh, yeah, canton. Mine, mine too. Mine when too. I was growing up, yeah. uh, we used a lot of these jars. Mm-hmm. So I am familiar with all of these flavors. I'm familiar with the works of canton. Yep. I um, prefer the honey soy garlic to the sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. Interesting. What about you? Yeah. Look, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you here. Like, uh, this isn't even a bracket battle. This isn't you and me fighting. This is just. This is me deciding. This is us reaching consensus about. Yeah. Okay. No. This is. This is scientific. This is about <laughs> discovery. This is about truth. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So. Honey soy garlic mm-hmm. over sweet and sour. So next up, peanut satay. Yeah. Versus pineapple sweet and sour. Oh god, I think I was already thinking of pineapple sweet and sour, but because there's sweet and sour and there's pineapple, pineapple sweet, sweet and, and sour. sour, which probably had like five percent more pineapple in it than the previous God. sweet and sour uh peanut satay hard peanut satay yeah i'm hard peanut satay All i right. think i'm always hard peanut satay okay so <laughs> i'm just writing down the winners here All right. yeah. yeah yeah good because then we'll fight them against each other okay um so honey teriyaki oh oh my god i've had so many of those yeah versus butter chicken oh see i mean normally yeah, I would go the butter chicken, but like for some reason, I I think I'm with you. I think that I think that there is a possibility that Canton honey teriyaki will eclipse Canton butter chicken. It's because a normal butter chicken would be better, but if we're talking about specifically Canton, if we were talking about like a really amazing honey teriyaki dish versus yeah. like a really great butter chicken, I think I would be going with honey teriyaki. Yeah, okay. sorry, butter chicken. I'm a big fan of butter chicken. Um, I know it's very wide of me, but oh, it's a comfort food. Yeah, no, well. But I think of the Canton ones, from memory, I would go the, I think the butter chicken is pretty weak. I think it's bad. Okay, I'm hearing we're going honey teriyaki on this. Yep, all right. Again, I know we're saying bracket battles like it's going to be you and me fighting. It's just not going to happen that way. It's fine. Um, all right, so black bean mm. versus... Honey, sesame, and garlic. Oh, I think I liked the honey, sesame, and garlic. Oh, yeah, and I'm hard that way. I am not into black bean. Yeah, me neither. Oh, yeah, I mean, sweet. in a burrito and stuff, but yeah, oh, yeah, not like as actual black fry. bean. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We're actually now into like the meal based pouch instead of the jar. Oh, should we count them? Oh, there's only a couple more. All right. All right. So. Are they different things? Okay, so there's chicken and cashew nut meal base. Yeah. Versus Thai green curry. Oh. I think think the Thai green curry is pretty weak too, but... If I was in the supermarket, I had to choose between one or the other. I think I'd be going chicken and cashew. Yeah. All right, let's go that way. All right, sweet. All right. The remainder is like honey, soy, and garlic versus satay chicken. We've already gone there with yeah. the jar, yeah, yeah. so let's just review where we're up to now. Okay, so now we've got, if we're just still doing it in order, honey, yeah. soy, garlic versus peanut satay. 
we got to do saute, right? Yeah, we got Yeah, do all right, saute. saute. All right. All right. It's honey sweet garlic. Yeah. Deleted. <laughs> so next we have honey teriyaki versus honey sesame garlic. Honey teriyaki versus honey sesame garlic. I have a suspicion that the latter will be better in terms of what Canton's going to serve. Yeah. I think the teriyaki was like, it was fine. It's just fine. Yeah. It's not good. It's no. not real. No. <laughs> it's just there. No. And then we just have chicken and cashew left over as our extra. So we're down to three now. We're down to three. Peanut satay, honey sesame garlic. Do we even need to do this cashew. in order? Like nah. satay's winning, right? Yeah. Now that, just... I've, now that I've said we're going to make Canton satay, I really just want to make real satay. So the outcome of this is we're going to choose a flavor of Canton and then we're going to make the act more of an authentic dish and not use Canton at all. I feel like the promise that I've made to myself is that we'll use the Canton, but I don't. I don't know if I'm going to hate myself. Maybe we should make it so we can come back and report on it. Okay, let's do that. I'm really going to regret this, aren't I? Yeah. So how about like next Wednesday instead of like going down the fish show yeah. at the end of the street? We'll cook up some. We'll canton. make up some Canton. All right. Have that in Mum and Dad's kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. All okay. Right. Sweet. Which is authentic to my experience of Canton as well. Do you, do you prefer some fried tofu or some corn fake chicken pieces? Probably the tofu. All right. Yeah, I'll fry up a bit of tofu. Done. Tofu. I reckon tofu is good with satay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I think it takes on the, if you do it right, it takes yeah. on the flavor well. Your parents got a rice cooker? No, but I've oh, got one. Oh, man. I can bring one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just scared of making rice. Uh, they used to have a microwave one, so they might have hey, one of those microwave ones. We could go ones. totally balls to the wall here mm. and get some, you know, when the rice is pre-made in the pouch. Oh, my God. Okay, that's authentic to the Canton experience. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, so microwave pouch rice. Do you reckon your parents and... would like some? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm taking it to the kitchen, <laughs> cooking for Hacklock's parents. It's very wholesome. Yeah. Very wholesome content. I like where this podcast is going already. <laughs> so, winner, peanut satay. Now. No surprises, really. I feel like it was not a dark horse. It <laughs> no, came in really. strong. No objections. So, we have our segment three, which is our hyperlocal news segment. Oh, hyperlocal news. Oh, my God. Next week's hyperlocal news could be us making camp on your parents. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I want hyper local news to be that um your dad used to know the person in Brisbane City Council who was responsible for dealing with dead dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he was boasting about that before we recorded. If you know, if you're listening and you know who's currently responsible for dead dogs in Brisbane City Council, can you write in? Because I want to know. Um, he was, he particularly, ah, oh, what was the... Was he suggesting that this person just was, like, really loving life and that it was a great job? Yeah, yeah. He seemed to think that it was, a, like, obviously he had to deal with a lot of dead large animals, which is not great. <laughs> but it, it, it was probably, um, uh, I guess a job that you were probably paid quite well for and that would have a lot of downtime with nothing happening. I think that there's really something to be said for, you know, people are like, follow your bliss, blah, 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 when you love your 
when you do something that you love, you won't work a day in your life, all that kind of shit. I think that there's a lot to be said for finding the thing that you can do and do well that everybody else hates. Yeah. Yeah. Because that makes you so valuable. Okay, so my news. actual news. Yeah. So Wilston Vet in Brisbane has two large steel sculptures of giraffes that sit out the front. They're called George and Henrietta. Cute. And they're these one-of-a-kind imported from an art dealer in San Francisco, giant bronze, like 2.5 metres tall, um, like that's like six foot tall. One leans over more than the other, so one's a bit taller than the other. They weigh 120 kilograms each. And this week, George How tall was are they? Um, 2.5 metres tall. 2.5 metres tall and 120 kilograms. Yeah. Yeah. I could date one of those. <laughs> So is that what happened? So George was stolen. You started dating George. <laughs> That's what really went down. It was just George going on a date with me. Yeah, so George is stolen and it's posted about in the local Facebook groups. There's a... Blessed, um, wholesome content. Post on the local police page Aww. about it, that they're looking for it. But it is quite quickly returned. There's a lot of panic, but they find it quite quickly. Um, he is quoted as being a little dusty but safe and on his way home, according to the clinic, like the next day or the day after. So it happened quite quickly. But the history here is that in 2015, Henrietta was stolen and eventually located in a scrapyard in Murray. (laughs) Oh, no. That's where all bad stories end. (laughs) They they also might end up this way. (laughs) Because... Uh, Henrietta was found cut up into 15 pieces in that scrapyard. That's what happened to me last time I woke up in Murray. <laughs> um, so they found the pieces. Um, it was all cut up. Maybe they were looking for something inside the giraffe. <laughs> like when they give you the key to the city and it has teeth mark on it <laughs> because you think it'll be filled with chocolate. It's a big Easter egg. It's full of Smarties. So the head was missing. <laughs> <laughs> the head was missing from all these pieces. They just got all the other bits. And so they put out a call on social media and in the local news to try and find the head of this giraffe. And it turned out some guy had bought the head from the scrapyard. And oh he had bought God. it legitimately. He'd seen this giraffe head at the scrapyard and was like, oh, I'll have that. And he very kindly returned it to um, the vet. And a local guy used his skills and he managed to repair and re there's oh, a hello. cat in here. A cat just entered the meow, room. Meow, Sorry. Purr. The door's closed, buddy. How do you do that? The door is not closed. Oh, um, so, yeah, so he, like someone else from the local community, repaired with the right skills, repaired what a very well. Tale. Yeah. So, this is a nice little community story. Henrietta was put back up. Like, originally, they had been bolted to the ground. And then yes. after Henrietta was stolen, they also added a chain around their legs, chaining her to, chaining them both to the building. Um, and then, yeah, and then George was stolen, so I don't know how the bloody did it, but that's some really tough, like, if you're just drunkenly stealing a 120-kilogram giraffe on the way home, and it's bolted and chained to the building. Do you reckon whoever took Henrietta in the first instance had, was maybe one of those people who salvaged copper? Oh, maybe. Maybe they thought it was copper, not bronze. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um... Marie news. Have you ever been to um Carport Cafe? Yes. <laughs> G- gentle, gentle audience um, member. So this 
cafe in Cannon Hill next to Murray that somebody's put together at their house in the carport and the sign looks like it's been painted by the kids. Yeah. And there's just like a few tables in the front yard and around the side. Lots of plants. It's quite sweet. Yeah. It's kind of fine. It's, it's, It's not like the best cafe I've ever been to, but it's... It's, it's far than, from the it's worst. Better, better than fine. Yeah. It's, it's uh, nice. There's a certain charm. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Food was good. Mm. Anyway. Get yourself some kind of green eggs and ham situation. Pesto eggs. Okay. So the other news story I had is that um, it used to be nut, fruit, and cereal crops that were ravaged by cockatoos, but the native parrots have recently been found feasting on spare power and fiber cables strung from NBN Co's near 2,000 fixed wireless towers that are dotted around regional Australia. Oh, yeah, totally. Somebody said to me recently that cockatoos are um, bolt cutters with wings. Yeah, apparently their beaks continuously grow, and so they're always having to, like, grind them down yeah. to keep them sharp. Yeah. So they've been doing it on these, like, metal cables they've found these steel sort of got like this mesh around them and it's like really good for wearing down your beak and it's been doing it's done eighty thousand dollars worth of damage so that's far. not a lot <laughs> it's like one person's job the whole year they could employ somebody to run around and shoo them away and then they break even you know when the cat is scratching the couch and the advice is don't even like try to intervene to stop the cat from scratching the couch get the cat something that it feels nicer yeah so if they had something nearby. Yeah, kind of like a scratch post for the cockatoos. <laughs> Just put a steel even, pole. Even nicer. With like nice bits of cable. wire hanging yeah. off. Yeah. That'd be nice. Like a seed bell. They also think that they may have solved the problem by just encasing the wire in plastic boxes. Which okay. cost like fourteen dollars. Alright. <laughs> cool. Done. So, done. But I just like the idea of this of NBN Co. being wrecked by cockatoos. <laughs> so that's it. That's the end of our first episode. That's it. We did it. Hopefully the first of many or the first installment in our deep, dark secret that we never end up putting online no. and we don't tell anyone about. So it'll be the beginning of the first of several. <laughs> <laughs> One of seven. You know, just give it a bit of time. It can become cringe content. Of course. So how'd that feel? Did we learn anything today? Oh, I learned a lot today. Mm. Yeah, I did. Never pause, always record. Yes. <laughs> We've had some uh, technical difficulties already. I feel like it's good to get that out of the way early. Um, I think something else I've learned is if you're opening a business, you should listen to the specialists who are giving you advice. No, 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 no. The takeaway is never open a business. Oh, the lesson is never try. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's been a big motto for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so follow us on various social media. We've got a Twitter and an Instagram and a website that has both of those listed on it. Um, we'll probably just focus our attention on one form of social media, but I don't know which one that is yet. Well, don't know you what's can do work. one and I can do the other. All right. So our handle is, uh, for Twitter, it's Mole Patrol for Instagram, it is online mole patrol. Um, and the website is just uh, onlinemolepatrol.com. I also have a personal Instagram, which is ha- Hacklock, if you want to chuck that a follow. It's just you my should art. follow that. Yeah. I got no offering. How is this for you, dear listeners? If you have a topic suggestion, chuck us a DM. 
Uh, let us know if you have any ideas because we will steal them. Yeah, I love stealing. And if you liked it, tell your mates. Neither of us have big online platforms, so we're going to need word of mouth to find the kind of people who would be interested in these if topics. You, um, if you cook any canton for dinner, like, send us a picture. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I want to see your food pics. Mama's making canton. Yeah, man. Doesn't take long. <laughs> For the we're just better around it. <laughs> <laughs>